0: Hi everyone, this is the Supported Sobriety Podcast. I'm Matt, and I'm in recovery from an addiction to pornography.
1: And I'm Katie, and I've been married to Matt and supporting him and his addiction for four
0: years. We created this podcast to bring hope, healing, and greater understanding to both men struggling with pornography addiction and women who support someone struggling with an addiction. I upload episodes for men with pornography addictions.
1: And I upload episodes for the women who are supporting their loved one. We share real stories from members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen, and we believe everyone can benefit from finding peace through Jesus Christ.
0: We hope that this podcast can bring you closer to Jesus Christ and help you on your journey of recovery and healing.
1: Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Supported Sobriety. Hello, hello, this is Katie. I'm so excited to be here today and to share this episode with you. I hope you're having a really good week so far. Hope things are going well for you. Matt and I have been really busy lately. Matt is in tax accounting, so this is a really busy time of year for him. And he's just working crazy hours, which means I am really busy with the kids and doing dinner and doing all the house things, you know. Like, it feels like I have so much to do all day. But then when I look back, I'm like, I didn't really do anything, actually. (laughs) I kind of just hung out, but it just feels so busy. You moms know how it is, so been really busy, but we don't really have much to show for it, (laughs) but that's okay. We went on a hike this last weekend, which was really fun. We decided we needed to get out of the house. We went on a little hike in Draper. Of course, we had our two kids with us, so we couldn't do anything crazy, Um, but it was just this small hike. We hiked up this mountainside, and it kind of ended with a view of the Draper Temple, which was super special because Matt and I got married in the Draper Temple. So that was really fun. The kids really liked it. And yeah, it was a fun like weekend activity for us to do. So that was really nice. Before I introduce this guest, though, I had a few things that I wanted to say. We got so much good feedback from you guys the last couple of weeks since we launched the podcast. So I'm so thankful for... Everyone who reached out to us, everyone who shared our posts, shared the podcast, we were just so overwhelmed and so grateful for everyone who supported us, and we really just hope that going forward, this can reach the people that it's meant to reach. I think we had a really good launch week, and I think a lot of people listened to it. I'm not sure how many of those people are actually struggling or feel like this is relevant to their life, but I hope it was relevant to your life, and I hope that even if it isn't, that you could share this podcast with other people. So thank you so much. Wanted to say that. We also wanted to say some disclaimers. We feel like these disclaimers are important. And unfortunately, they can't really be addressed in every single episode because there are just so many. We keep thinking of more and more every day. So hopefully you can kind of give us some grace. And if something bothers you, try to look past it. We're still really new at this, so we're still learning. But the first disclaimer that I wanted to say was that we know that there are women who struggle with pornography Um, whether it's an addiction or not we know that is so prevalent and it's a thing that women struggle with and we know that husbands and fiancés or boyfriends are supporting their loved one in that it's not just what we're discussing like the men who are struggling with pornography and the women supporting them we know it's the other way too this is a really big issue and um sometimes can be even more shameful than the way we're talking about it. So we know that's a thing. Matt and I, when we were talking about the podcast and trying to decide who our audience was, we felt like it was really important to kind of have a specific audience to speak to. And we chose to have that audience be men who are struggling with pornography and women who are supporting their loved one. And that's just because that's what our experience is. We feel like we can relate to you better, um, if it's a specific audience, we feel like we have more experiences with that target audience. So we, we hope you know how much we love you, even if you don't fit into our target audience. And we hope that you can find other resources outside of this podcast if this isn't, if this isn't exactly what you're looking for. But again, we, we just want you to know that we see you. We know that you're there and I hope that you're getting the help that you need. We also know that some of the terms that we use, we're kind of basing it off of the church's 12-step program, so some of these terms that we use are just specific to that, and you might not use these same terms. So, so if your husband struggles with pornography, you might not feel like he has an actual addiction, or if he acts out in his sexual behaviors, you might not feel like it's a relapse, So whatever it is. It might be different than the words that we use and we hope you can kind of just know what we mean and figure it out for you and you can still find value in that i also wanted to say again thank you so much for those of you who reached out that was so touching to us and just made it all worth it we got so many messages from people women and men saying that this really helped them a lot of messages were people taking action Some women said, I decided I wanted to talk to my husband about pornography and I realized that he has an addiction and we're getting help from our bishop in the 12 step meetings. Some women say this instigated a really great conversation between me and my husband and we were able to grow closer because we listened to your podcast. There were men who said that they decided to talk to their wives or to see their bishop. So we see that this can bring a lot of change and that's exactly what we were wanting. We really hope. That this podcast can get out to those who need it the most those who are struggling that being said i am always looking for women who would like to be interviewed i know that this can be kind of a sensitive topic and feels so private and so vulnerable to share with me let alone the whole podcast community or whoever is going to listen to it so i know it can be so sensitive but i believe In this podcast. I believe in the power of being vulnerable and the power of sharing your stories with each other. And my life has been changed so much from hearing other women's stories. And so many women have reached out to me saying how their life has changed from hearing my story and from the story that we shared last week. So I just hope and pray that I can get women who will be vulnerable enough and brave enough to reach out to me and to share this story And I am looking for women who are in all stages of their own healing and recovery, whether you just barely found out about your husband's or your loved one's addiction, whether you are just still struggling so hard. Or whether you feel like you've fully recovered and healed and maybe it's not even a problem anymore. It doesn't matter what stage you are in because I know there are so many women who are in the exact same stage that you are in right now. And could really benefit from hearing someone else talk about it and feel like they are not alone. A lot of these women use a fake name. They use a fake name for themselves. They use a fake name for their husband. So it's completely anonymous. And you never have to share anything you're uncomfortable sharing. So don't worry about that. I try to make it very comfortable so you don't have to feel like you are talking about something that is too personal or too private. I know you might feel like, I have nothing important to say or I haven't learned anything good enough to share in a podcast. That is just not true at all. I promise that anything you are willing to share can be helpful and really bless someone else's life. So if you have been affected by this podcast at all, if you have felt hope or inspiration or change come from this podcast, please email me, please reach out. I would love to hear about your story. Now I will finally get to introducing my guest. My guest's name is Joan, and I just think the world of Joan. Joan is such a wonderful woman. And I am so excited for you guys to hear all about her story. Something that is so impressive to me about Joan is that she was able to find the faith that she needed to know that no matter what happens, everything was going to work out. She and her husband have had a lot of ups and downs throughout their marriage, but she just found that faith and that trust in Heavenly Father that I think is really hard to find. So I hope Joan's story will inspire you as much as it inspired me. Here's Joan. So Joan, I am so excited to have you here today. Thanks so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for asking me. It's it's exciting to be able to share.
1: Yeah, of course. And something that I didn't mention about Joan, something that is really cool, is that she and her husband are missionaries for the church's ARP program, and that's how I met her, actually. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that real quick, Joan?
2: Yeah, we were temple workers. And my husband made friends with a man who was an addiction recovery missionary. And he said, you, you and your wife need to be church service missionaries and do this. So we live at home. And, and then once a week, we're group leaders for a meeting. And um, it's a little interesting, because we just assumed it would be like for drug addiction. And Mm -hmm. we actually had a son who had a drug problem. So we felt very qualified to do this. And then we got these papers and it said pornography addiction. And we kind of looked at each other like, okay, can we do this? Oh wow, yeah. Um, you know, cause it was gonna, you know, we were a long ways past all that, but, uh-huh. uh, but then we decided it's exactly where the Lord wanted us to be. And that's how we felt about it, that, that we've both been able to share our story and, and it's been a wonderful experience.
1: Oh, for sure. And you and your husband have just been so amazing in the program. I know that so many of the couples just look up to you guys. I'm so grateful that you were willing to serve in that way. And just amazing that you guys have had your own experiences and you're able to help others with their experiences as well. I'm so happy that I met you through that. You are an amazing woman and you guys are an amazing couple. Can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and about your family?
2: Yeah, I was born in Denver, Colorado. And then when I was in third grade, we moved to Newark, California. And um, I joined the church there when I was 18. Oh, cool. Um, actually, after I had gone to BYU first semester, came home and joined the church.
1: So you went to um, BYU and you were not a member at that time.
2: Right. right. How cool, yeah.
1: yeah
2: it, was very, it was a fun experience. I, I knew I wanted to join, but my parents wanted me to wait a year because a lot of my friends had joined as oh. a senior in high school and they just kind of wanted me to wait. But then yeah, read the Book of Mormon and I couldn't wait anymore. So How cool. I
1: love year. that.
2: It was awesome. Cool. And so then um, went back to BYU and graduated and came home. Um, My parents wanted me to come home for the summer to earn some money. And um, my total intention was to just go back to Provo to find Mm -hmm. a husband, of course. And (laughs) there in my ward was this really Darling man, who oh. um, we met, and we um, after four years of marriage, we moved to Utah. And we've lived here now for 43 years. So how
1: cool! I and, love you know, that. Yeah. That's an amazing story. So tell me more about how you and your husband met. I love your unique story and how you guys yeah, got was, engaged
2: really quickly. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I went um, to church, and there he was, and I was kind of surprised because in my mind, I thought he had, that he was married. He came from a, a a family of eight children and mm-hmm. I was really good friends with his mom and so we went in Sunday school and he asked me out to there was a fireside that night we went to the fireside and had two more dates and he asked me to marry him oh <laughs> so, my gosh <laughs> and so I said yes you just felt so, like it was right you just knew yeah, just felt like that was the thing to do that how you, cool just it just came so out of the blue and so we've been married almost 47 years now wow that's
1: amazing. And you guys, how many children and grandchildren do you have?
2: We have two sons and we have four grandchildren.
1: That is so neat. And are both of your sons adopted?
2: They both are. Uh-huh. Okay, great.
1: And where do they live? Do they live close by?
2: Yeah, so my one son with the four grandchildren just lives in Mapleton Okay. we're really close. And then my other son is engaged and he lives in Houston.
1: Oh, fun, that's something that he's engaged and we'll be getting married soon, adding to the family
2: yeah that is
1: so exciting
2: (laughs) we love grandkids (laughs) oh
1: yeah I bet (laughs) bet those grandkids are so fun
2: they are the best
1: well that's amazing and congrats on being married for 47 years that is a huge milestone so that's amazing that you guys have been married for so long and even committed to each other and I just love that
2: yeah we've been through a lot so it's kind of like, not going to desert it now. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All
1: <laughs> yeah, well, good for you guys. That's so great. So, Joan, you and your husband kind of have a unique story. A lot of the women that I've talked to so far, because I know a lot of women from ARP and um, kind of like in my surrounding circle, so they're more my age. They've been married for a little bit less time than you and your husband have. And a lot of the women either find out about their husband's addiction before they get engaged or before they get married, or maybe like a few years into their marriage. But you kind of have a different story because you found out about your husband's addiction well into your marriage, right? Right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. How did that happen? You can kind of just start maybe when you guys got married and mm -hmm. how that progressed well we
2: since we got engaged so quickly our bishop kind of suggested that we wait for a year Mm -hmm. so that we get to know each other better but looking back i sort of wonder because he i think he was he was aware of my husband's problem Mm -hmm. and so um, i kind of wondered was he just trying to discourage me or was he hoping that my husband would get better yeah uh uh-huh um but he did let him go to the temple we were married in the temple and everything mm-hmm. but my husband didn't tell me about um his problem until uh, uh, obviously not at first and yeah. something that i i think was kind of we went on a skiing honeymoon and i broke my leg and <laughs> in three places oh my and goodness so, that's a horrible so, way
1: to start I know. just on your honeymoon that's such a bummer
2: i know and so um well, I just felt like that something wasn't quite right, Yeah, and I, but I didn't know what was going on. So I kind of blamed it on the broken leg, you know, mm-hmm. so was, I was in the cast for like three or four months. I mean, it was, yeah. a, it was a big deal.
1: Yeah. Which must have been hard for your husband kind of like taking yeah. care of you. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah. And, and so, and he was, he was kind of moody a lot of the time and, mm-hmm. um, and he started becoming kind of inconsistent with his church attendance mm-hmm. and, and, um, and And this is when you were first married right right yeah first married so um so then we um bought a home in san jose and we were living there and we found out that we couldn't have children because of a problem with me Mm -hmm. and so we decided to move to utah for him to go to school and so for a while things seemed better he was doing well in school and stuff but then Mm -hmm. he started kind of being inconsistent again so i just blamed it on are not having children. And we looked into adoption, but we didn't have a very good experience with the first agency. Mm -hmm. And so um, we let it go for a few years. And then we looked into adopting with the state of Utah. And in in July, we had a beautiful baby boy placed in our home. But he was only there for about 10 days and he was removed because his birth mother changed her mind. Oh, I so hard. Mind, it was really hard. I <laughs> but bet. then he took place with us again um, in December. And then it went through without a hitch. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So so I'm thinking, oh, now, you know, it's we've got everything. Dave had a good job. And, you know, I kind of thought we had everything we wanted, but mm-hmm. he still wasn't happy. And this all kind of took place over time. Um, he stopped going to the temple and then he stopped going to church Then he took off his garments. And then I, one day I go to the refrigerator and there's beer in our refrigerator and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is not good. So this is yeah. like 10 years into marriage. And 10
1: years into marriage? Yeah. Okay. How and, are you feeling about kind of his progression getting farther and farther away from the
2: church? Well, you know, it, it's one of those things that, because it happened so gradually you I mean sitting here now looking back on it it was like wait a minute there were all those red flags and yeah stuff.
1: Uh-huh.
2: but we weren't super good communicators we both had parents who um argued a lot and mm. so we were determined not to argue so we tended yeah. not to talk instead gotcha. yeah we're, you know we just kind of pretended like the problem whatever the problem was would go away mm-hmm. and so it was, you know, so when he wasn't really going to church, you know, I did, you know, I just didn't know how to talk to him about it and and try to figure out what was going on. And so um, I had a cousin send me a book called love must be tough. And it counseled that if someone's starting to pull away from you, that it's better to let them go. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they'll decide what they really want, if they really want that relationship. And mm-hmm. so I kind of talked to my husband and said, well, maybe we should split up.
1: Because you were kind of feeling like your husband had been pulling away from you. You maybe weren't like as close as you were before.
2: Right, You're not right. really sure what was going on with him. Right. And yeah. and went in such different directions because I was like at church every week. Mm-hmm. I was attending the temple and, you know, doing everything. Yeah. And he was just going totally the other way
1: yeah okay
2: and so he kind of reluctantly agreed and he found out later he only did it because he thought that's what I wanted and yeah. I was thinking that's what he wanted right and so, anyway he ended up leaving about two days after our son's second birthday okay and so we had a friend who was an attorney so we decided to file a, you know to draw divorce papers mm-hmm. so we went and um Every question that the lawyer would ask about, well, who's going to get the house and who's mm-hmm. going to get the car and who's going to get, um, my husband would just say, oh, you know, you know she can have it. She can have mm-hmm. it. Even down to his, he was in a volunteer organization where they had a special vehicle, and even he said, "I could even have that vehicle and oh, stuff." Wow. And I just kind of sat there going, <laughs> "You know." And so something. So in my head, I'm going, "What is going on here? Does he want this? Does he not want?" Yeah. what's Going on, and I looked at the attorney. And I said, "He's pretty generous, isn't he?" And the attorney said, "Well, uh, I could get him a lot better deal if I was only representing him." Yeah. You know. And so, so there was just this. Back and forth inside of me, going, "What is going on? What's going on?" Right. So my husband and I kind of, you know, we would keep in contact. I, I don't, I can't remember now, but and you hadn't all.
1: actually filed for divorce, right? You no, just kinda, like drew, just up drew up the papers. The yeah,
2: so it was, yeah, so it was just sitting on his desk. Gotcha. And,
1: so you're still just kind of separated at that okay. point right. and keeping so, in contact.
2: Exactly. And so him leaving, actually, I was kind of surprised, but a very peaceful feeling came into our home. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would have, I was a person who did not like to be alone, like overnight and stuff. Yeah. And, and, and so, but I wasn't, I was very much at peace. I, I prayed so hard all the time and yeah, uh... I, reading the scriptures and um, back in those days, you know, the Ensign and um i just came to this point where i you know you want so bad to say god please change his heart please you know we we do that so much but i came to this um realization that god is all powerful and he really does he has the power to change us he's god you know he Mm -hmm. could he could make us be different people but i realized that he won't do that because Mm -hmm. of the plan of salvation and and because of the principle of free agency and that was a that was a really big revelation to me I just in some ways it was um in some ways it was hard because I just wanted him to change him you know and in other ways it it just gave me such a deep deep understanding of why we're here on earth Mm -hmm. and the importance of free agency and so um but at the same time, I felt like I was impressed to pray for that something in my husband's environment could be changed because, mm-hmm. because God's in charge of the world. He can manipulate things, right. you know, uh-huh. and, I, and honest, I knew that didn't come from me because I don't think like that. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I just started praying that, that something would happen to, that would help him come to himself like the mm-hmm. prodigal. And, um, one night I answered the phone and he is just crying and he had been driving up Provo Canyon where he'd been staying and he um slid off the icy road and his vehicle came like within a dime's width of going into the Provo River scary and he just he knew how in peril his his life was and so um I just sat there with the phone in my hand, just looking up to heaven going, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, because <laughs> I knew where that came from, you know, yeah. and so then, I don't know how much later, um, we started dating, and one night, we went to a movie, he took me home, when he took me home, he ended up coming clean about his whole life, what had been oh, going on wow. since he was 14, so mm-hmm. when he was 14, he was, um, exposed to some pornography and it just kind of went on from there and Mm -hmm. so um he decided to change to completely change his life around he had a really cool experience one night before this happened where he he literally felt like he could just see himself marching down into hell and Mm -hmm. decided he didn't want to do that anymore yeah so so you could see in his countenance and everything that there was just such a change i mean the Mm -hmm. pictures like pictures before and pictures after you wow, could just, see. Yeah. so, so that was a blessing for me that, that I could actually see a difference. Yeah. It's huge. And so he moved back home and he went to our brand new Bishop <laughs> and ended up having to have a state court, um, church court and, mm-hmm. and he was actually excommunicated, but oh, for wow. him, it was, uh, it's exactly what he needed to kind of wash that all away. Mm-hmm. and um the the court was just an unbelievable experience I have never really walked into a room and felt so much love and so much support from the priesthood and they I get I guess they you know they hear everything and then they pray about it and then the mm-hmm. state president takes his counselors and they pray about it and they just felt like even with the the change that they could see he had yeah needed, that this is the Lord's will. Mm -hmm. And it really was, it was the Lord's will that he Mm -hmm. was. And I'm so glad that
1: you guys, I'm sure that was a hard experience, but it sounds like it was a good experience too. And that you felt loved and supported. I'm glad mm -hmm. that that wasn't adding to your emotional distress. You know, like that, that wasn't a horrible experience for you guys, but it actually strengthened you.
2: Well, when you, when you hear about it or you think about it, you just think of the guilt and the shame And everything and and men weren't they just that wasn't how they were at all I mean Mm -hmm. they were just totally totally filled with love
1: that's amazing and And it sounds like sounds like Dave was really filled with love too and he had already kind of had a change of heart and was you know like had the spirit with him and so that probably really added to the environment as well that he was willing and wanting to change
2: Yes, I think I think that was huge. And and he continued to go to church, even though he couldn't say prayers, he couldn't participate in classes, didn't mm-hmm. do any of those kinds of things. Um, we paid tithing through me, you know, mm-hmm. I was going, working, but we paid it through my name, because you can't pay it through his. And yeah. there's just such a great spirit in our home and the, and the love that was there. And but you know, you think about, okay, so all this wonderful stuff is going on. What's going on with me? Yeah. Well, I couldn't believe what was going on.
1: Oh, I thought that was just devastating and just rocked your world.
2: Yeah. I, you know, um, it was like, I was just sure that he was upset with the divorce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're just, you know, you're so your emotions are just so all over the place. And But, but there were, but then there was a part of me that wasn't as upset probably as I should have been about his addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because now at least I understood what had, why we went through what we went through. Right. Like it all started kind of making sense and you were kind of finding peace with that and processing it. Yeah. And I was able to understand what was going on and to realize that it wasn't my fault. Mm -hmm. And, and that was huge because, you know, I think for me, there was a real tendency to, to even then think, oh, well, this is my fault. Cause you know, I wasn't good enough and blah, 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 blah. But, right. I, but I, but I realized, no, it wasn't my fault at all. And, mm-hmm. and that really helped me.
1: Yeah. To, I you know, bet that on. must have still been so difficult for you to kind of go through that and realize that he had been lying to you and been dishonest and that that was what was causing so many of your problems. I'm
2: sure that was still really hard to, it was know. really hard. Yeah. Um, one thing that happened that I really liked was the state president suggested <clears throat> that I ask my husband all the questions I wanted to about his behavior mm-hmm. until I was satisfied and then to let it go
0: oh, and not, wow.
2: not keep bringing stuff up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was just a suggestion, you know, he didn't say you need to do this and right. I didn't feel that way at all. So mm-hmm. I made that choice to try that. Yeah. And it, and it really worked for me. Um, we sat down and and it wasn't even like once. Sit- I mean, it was over like a few days, I think, or
1: mm-hmm.
2: I can't remember exactly. Yeah, how.
1: yeah, I'm sure. But,
2: but, you know, I I asked literally everything I wanted to. And, and some things that I thought were happening weren't happening at all. Mm-hmm. And other things that I was suspicious about um, were happening. And yeah. so to see what were and what weren't, and then I just, I've never brought it up ever since, you know, wow. I mean, we've talked about the hard times we've gone through, yeah. but, but, but you know, there, and especially I feel like when, when I'm not centered in who I want to be and need to be, then I, you know how you tend to, your fears start right. growing. Mm-hmm. And so, so something will make me think, Oh my gosh, this, it's going to happen again. or yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And, but so I felt hurt, you know, yeah. I felt the hurt again, but I just, I've just been able to work through it. And, and sometimes oh. I, I talk to him, but not about it, like in an accusatory way, right. and, mm-hmm. and that This is what I was feeling. And he's been really good to help me with that. And I really know this was a gift from God. I really yeah. do that. I, that I was able to heal and move forward. And, and it took time. That's what, for me, it, yeah. it took so long. I remember, honestly, remember that after two years, I thought, I thought, oh, I think I'm glad I stayed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then, you know, of course now I definitely am glad I stayed, but it took took a lot. It took a while. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but another big takeaway that I had from the experience was that even though we did get back together, that if we, even if we hadn't, hadn't gotten back together, that I was going to be okay, because with the Lord's help,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that the Lord was totally there for me. And I, I came to the realization that no matter what happens, I can survive it. And, wow. and that's helped me. I mean, even this COVID thing, and mm-hmm. I mean, that's just always stayed with me now. Through right. my like no matter but what happens, you'll be able to get through it. As long as I turn to the Lord, mm-hmm. so that's helped a lot. Yeah. So, so after a year, he was rebaptized, and then, um, after another year, we met with a general authority for his temple ordinances to be restored. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, I had to write a letter to the to church headquarters, mm-hmm. saying how I felt about should he be rebaptized. And so as I went to prepare this letter, I realized that it made me look at my own life and think of all the times when God has forgiven me. Mm-hmm. And, and why did he do that? Well, because God's known me my whole life and he knew me my whole pre-mortal existence. And so because he's, a, I felt like I learned that he's able to forgive us because he knows us and he understands us and he understands our heart. Mm-hmm. And so then I started looking at my husband and I looked at, the man he's been his, his whole life. I mean, the part I've known him, but even the parts before and, and to have an experience like that happen to him at 14, which is still pretty young, you know, Uh and, and yeah, he should have made different choices, but, but um, I think it's kind of like you know how some people can drink and not become alcoholics. Mm-hmm. I think some people probably maybe could use pornography and yeah. not become pornography addicts. But for him, it it turned into an addiction right away. Yeah. And so, um, so anyway, just that whole idea of forgiveness, being able to forgive him because. I know him and I know his heart. Mm And so that was, that was a huge takeaway for me. That was, that is so
1: beautiful. beautiful. That seriously just gives me chills to hear (laughs) you talk about that, just your willingness to forgive and how you mentioned that that was just a gift from Heavenly Father, because I don't know that you would be able to forgive if Heavenly Father hadn't helped you with that. And that's just such an amazing blessing that you guys were able to share together, really. That is so beautiful.
2: And, and, the trust though is a different thing. (laughs) The trust took longer, you know, but taking my, my state president's advice to, um, to, to see the changes he'd made and to put Mm -hmm. every the past in the past. Um, I just, I just didn't share with my husband things I was suspicious about. Yeah. I just kept them in my heart, almost like a protection, Uh you know, against being hurt. Almost like, well, you know, it could happen again. And and, um, but as time goes on, I can see that my fears were just that they were just fears. Yeah. And, and my husband, so how I, did you,
1: sorry, I want to ask you a question ahead. about that. How did you rebuild that trust with your husband after just, so many years of dishonesty?
2: Yeah. So it was really hard. I mean, I think as I study the the support manual for ARP, mm-hmm. I realized that a lot of it had to do with the fact that, um, that I saw big changes in him. Like I say, mm-hmm. if you can see the difference in photographs, you know, obviously right. you can see the difference in person, and yeah, and and um, a lot of it, I like I said, I just had to kind of keep it to myself and share it with the Lord, ask for Him to be able to help me, yeah, realize that. And it's not that you know, my husband stopped the behaviors Mm -hmm. but it's not like he doesn't get tempted i mean look at the world we live in i mean there's still triggers and temptations and and things you know Mm -hmm. it's just he he was able to stop the behaviors and and to deal with his emotions about the temptations and stuff and i and i think you know him finding the ability to to turn to the lord instead of trying to do it all himself, you know, Mm -hmm. that his humility and, and turning to the Lord. And so it was just a lot of, for me, um, the trust, just really looking at the situation and, and, and realizing that, yeah, I can trust him again, but, but I, but I honestly didn't do it right away.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, of course, that makes a lot of sense. And probably like you were saying, just seeing him being coming different and being willing to change and stopping the behaviors that probably just helps you gain trust back.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, it helps when you can see them making a lot of positive moves. Right. Yeah. But so I wish there would have been 12, uh, 12 step meetings, although I'm not sure my husband would have gone because of because well, number one, it's hard for him to share with people. Yeah. Like that. Uh-huh. But, uh, but I would have definitely gone knowing yeah. what I know now. I mean, I just, these meetings are, well, we signed up for 18 months and we finished that and we did, we've done three years now and they just extended us two more years. So, oh, fun. I mean, that is so we fun. love this program is yeah. we totally committed to it. And, and I wish that, um, I would have had a place like that to go. I just, uh-huh. the sisters will come in sometimes just so down, you know, just so discouraged by what's going on. And they mm-hmm. just leave uplifted and hopeful. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's you know, a place where you can go and you're not, um, people aren't judging you. Yep. People aren't judging your spouse, which yeah, that's yeah. huge. You I mean, be that's... fully
1: open, share whatever you want to share and no one thinks you're a bad person for saying those things zones judging you exactly. like you said yeah
2: exactly. and and then and then to have these principles of the gospel um i was lucky i, I mean so the first time i went through it i was like wow this is what i did you know so I, like mm-hmm. i must have been listening to the holy ghost or something yeah. because it gives us that but principles like boundaries like um communicating, like finding a support person, mm-hmm. those kinds of things, you know, I didn't think of those things. And right. so, so there's just, so it's such a toolkit, you know, if you, even if you feel like you can't, you don't want to go to the meetings right now, they're on phone, you know, mm-hmm. because you can't meet in person. And so it's really nice. People can, it, I think it gives a lot more anonymity yeah, to, be, definitely. to just be on the phone yep. and, and they're talking about leaving that as as a component, it, like right. we would have an in-person meeting with the thing on the phone. Yeah, because I think we have I that. Totally like that. Yeah, and the the support manual is is on is in the library, the gospel library, mm-hmm. and so people have you know access to it. And yeah, and uh, yeah.
1: I love what you were saying. That really stood out to me what you were saying about how you didn't have the support manual, but you were still doing a lot of those things so many years ago before you had the support manual. And that just really shows me that you as a wife and as an individual were able to receive revelation for yourself and for your family. And I just think that so many women are able to do that even whether they're using the support manual or not but i think it really does just come down to your personal situation mm-hmm. and receiving that personal revelation because there are some women who probably wouldn't have done the same thing that you did they mm-hmm. might have received different revelation right exactly. so it is really exactly. just so individual and just based on your own circumstances but i just loved that you relied so much on that revelation from the spirit and i just think that so many women can find strength from doing that.
2: Exactly. I totally I love that. Agree. Yeah.
1: I thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I know maybe it's still hard to talk about it and kind of dig up those feelings that you're having, but I just, I personally have felt so much strength just by listening to you. And I hope that other women, like I said, even if they're in different circumstances or maybe would choose something different than you did I hope that so many other women can find the strength from your story as well and I know that you've really changed a lot of people's lives just being a sister missionary in the church's program you've already impacted my life so many times Um, when I've gone to the meeting and you shared your story you shared your testimony you've just been so amazing so I really appreciate you being willing to share that and that your husband was willing to let you share part of his story too That is just so great that you guys are willing to serve other people going through similar situations. Um, And there's one thing that I also wanted to ask you about before we end. Something that you mentioned earlier that I really loved was you talked about your self-esteem and how that was something that you really struggled with during your marriage and when your husband was kind of distancing himself from you and you didn't know what was going on or like, if it was your fault or not, can you kind of talk to me about that time and how you've kind of progressed and changed since then?
2: Right. So it was kind of interesting because um, actually growing up, I didn't have a very good self-esteem, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I keep looking back trying to figure out why. But um, it, sometimes I think it was almost a blessing because when I got introduced to the church, at the time I got introduced to the church, you know, it was the late 60s, mm-hmm. I mean, people were into all kinds of things, and and I was totally open and ready to have it, so so I went into marriage not having a super good self-esteem, and then as these things went on, um, I felt like it took away little, what little self-esteem I had,
1: Yeah, I bet. Um,
2: so when I found out, like I said, it, it kind of, in some ways, it helped me, because I realized, wait, this isn't me, you know, this, this wasn't my fault. And Mm -hmm. um, I think I had some real fears of rejection, too, that, um, that I had to deal with. And I just, I just started to see the hand of the Lord in my life. And I, I started to realize that my self-esteem can't be based on what other people think of me. And, and that, honestly, is, I really think that's what I came here to earth to learn is Mm -hmm. that I, I just have to explore who I am and, and realize the good in the world that I can do and that I don't need my husband to validate that. I don't need my friends, my ward, my neighbors, my, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't need other people to validate that, that I am a child of God. And I'm pretty dang confident about that right now. And I, and I try really hard to, to let him guide me. And I think that that's where my self esteem comes from. It just comes, it comes from myself. And, and I don't think I'm better than other people. And I, um, I certainly don't think that. But, um, but that, but that with the Lord's help, I really can do anything with the Lord's help and I can, and I can do it. And I, I think because of that, I'm a better wife because I know who I am. And when my husband has these challenge, you know, challenging moments, like we all do, um, I can be there for him and I'm a better mom. I can be there for my kids, my Mm -hmm. grandkids, my friends. So
1: that is so amazing. It sounds like you have just grown and changed so much over the years and going through so many different experiences and I'm just grateful that you were willing to share that with me and with the listeners and I think something that I really love about you is that you seem like you were so self-aware I love that you just keep talking about how you keep turning inwards and you're finding your own self-esteem and learning that your husband's addiction isn't about you and that you're going to be okay no matter what the other people around you do. I love that you are so confident in yourself and that you found that through Heavenly Father and learning that you are his child and it doesn't matter what else is going on in your life, but that you know that.
2: In the scripture, so, with God, nothing is impossible. Yes. And so- so surviving whatever, whatever trials come our way, it, I am totally convinced that if we turn to Heavenly Father, it doesn't mean we're not going to be sad, doesn't mean we're not going to have hard days, doesn't mm-hmm. mean some days we just want it to be over, with, you know, but. Um, so. That
1: is so great. I, th- I think that that's just the way you live your life. Like with God, nothing is impossible. And I have seen that from you and your testimony and as you shared your experiences. So Thank you so much for sharing that with me. That was thank a really wonderful that. story. And you were just the person that so many women need in the 12-step meetings. And you're just the person that so many ne- women need to talk to and hear your story. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that.
2: You've and I appreciate honorable. you letting me share. And and I want everybody else to know that I think the world of you, Katie. I, oh, I thank
0: think you. you.
2: You are if I'd have known what you know at your age, I'd I'd be way farther along now. Oh, you are so sweet. Thank you. Well,
1: I mean, the the program has helped so much. And of course, Heavenly Father has helped me too, just the way that he's helped you. So thank you for that though. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We would love for you to rate and review this podcast as well as share it with everyone you know.
0: For information about the church's 12-step and support meetings, please visit arp.churchofjesuschrist.org.
1: We encourage everyone to find a sponsor or support person. If you have any questions, feedback, are looking for a sponsor, or would like to be a sponsor, please contact us at sobrietypodcast at gmail.com.
0: We are always looking for more guests, so if you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed, please contact us. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.